It was a very bright shining light, Sarajevo, and they needed to kill that light. From producers Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, explore how art and music sustained hope during the siege of Sarajevo, thanks in part to humanitarians and the band U2. U2, they represent a personification of our resistance. The Hollywood Reporter hails Kiss the Future, moving and inspirational. Kiss the Future! Viva Sarajevo! Kiss the Future, new documentary now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Go to Paramount Plus to try it free. Terms apply. All right, what's going on? Welcome to Canel and Bell and sometimes Samson. That's right, David Samson in today. Rajah's out, spending a little family time. Kids are out from school. Good for him. Well-deserved vacation day. We have a ton, a ton of stuff that we have to get to. Uh, history is made in New York for the Giants, or is it? Tell it's you about the biggest that in a story second. of the week. <laughs> we'll get to that in a second. Major League Baseball. We got the playoffs starting tomorrow or Wednesday. Wednesday, right? Wow. Tomorrow, wild card games. Game. We're going to preview those and the entire uh, playoff slate. You have been on the money all through the season, so we'll continue that. College football. We have a very controversial change at the top of the AP Top 25 poll Only for you. as well as mine as well. And we'll do some leftovers, including an Antonio Brown versus Baker Mayfield Twitter uh, dispute. How could you not touch on that? Before we get to anything, though, I have an extremely, extremely important question that I have to ask you. Um, my wife is super healthy, super natural like very organic she's basically worried about all the chemicals stuff that's in our food additives and the effect they have on our bodies as far as it relates to cancer right does that make sense this is unrehearsed folks this is unrehearsed i'm going off the script so one of the things and i don't know if you've heard this but deodorant has aluminum in it okay so like aluminum when you use deodorant which i have used my entire life so she's scaring the, you know, crap out of me by telling me, Hey, that aluminum, you're just putting cancer on your body every single day. So this is my problem. I have switched to a all natural deodorant. And guess what? I've noticed. I stink. I smell like it doesn't work. Do you have any advice as far as what I can do other than just going with what I've been doing the rest of my life? I have a prediction to make. What's that? You will not die of cancer from aluminum from the deodorant. That's what I tell her. You have a better chance when you're on 95 heading to the studio every day. That's what I tell her. All right, good. I'm going back to that. And I would rather smell it. I would stand my ground. All right. (laughs) Especially since you notice the studio isn't that big. So it's kind of No, it looks big right on the air, but I have news for you. Um, I didn't know that's what it was. I assumed it was Raja's (laughs) socks. No, it is definitely me. So I will get that adjusted. This will be a one day thing. I'm going back. To my old faithful uh, tonight. All right. With that being said, so we have that out of the uh, the air is clear, so to speak. So you don't have to look at me sideways the whole show. Uh, Daniel Jones makes history with the New York Giants. Do you know what history he achieved? You. Yes, Can that's you right. imagine, folks? I'm going to present. I'd like you to meet Danny Cannell. Now, you may know him as our guy here at HQ. What you may not know is he was the only quarterback in the history of the famed franchise the new york giants to start a career two and zero. right that Big record's time. been tied like and now i just hope for daniel jones the bar isn't set too high like because he really has to I mean comparing him to me it's really going to set some expectations on his shoulders i don't know if he's capable Do you think that he will end up starting more games in his, in his <laughs> nfl career than you did i would say that's probably a safe bet not a guarantee not a guarantee but a safe bet uh well, how many games guess- did you start I started 20 games in the NFL. I'm going to take. Oh, you're no, you're definitely going uh, with him. I may not go necessarily over. What? 20 games is hard, Danny. No, not for a first round pick. That's number six overall pick. He well, could be awful. He could be a bust. And they're going to give him 30 starts. Hands down. 
Well, it's just a world. You should have gotten more than 20. Amen. Now you're preaching the choir or else I wouldn't be sitting here with you. Well, why not? That's not nice. <laughs> no, I'm not wearing true. full aluminum deodorant today. <laughs> that's right. Uh, a look side by side comp on the stats. He's already off to a slightly better uh, start in those games. Who is Most that number 13? Look at that. That's one good looking dude right there. That's How all can you want. tell your helmet's covering? No, but I can just see the body. The pads sleep. are covering your muscles. It looks good. That is true. Uh, no, but congrats to Daniel Jones. And you know what else bothered me? He's got a way cooler nickname, Danny Dimes. I was looking back. There was a, a New York Post headline. It said, my, first of all, my dad is Dan. I am Danny. But the back page said, Dan can do. Uh, one of the worst. Like, uh, that's why it didn't I stick. I thought it'd be Dan and the like, man. <laughs> they had that a couple times, but I'm Danny. Like, it doesn't fit as well. So, but Danny Dimes is, I do like that nickname for him. How about the cool. doctor's son is in? <laughs> that would be good too. Is it, uh, I don't call your dad Dan. Right. He's Doc. Or Big Doc. Big Doc. Yeah, Big Doc. He is a sure. big man. For those of you who don't know Danny's dad, yeah. Danny's six, not eight. tall by accident. No, he's 6'8. I got the short end of the stick. I got to blame my mom for that all the time. Uh, so congrats to Daniel Jones. The Giants are hot. Dwayne Haskins, on the other hand, getting his first meaningful playing time through three picks. I'm sure we'll have time for that the rest hard of the Hard to watch the Redskins. That was brutal. Hard. It's oh, great. it's brutal. It's actually hard to watch. They're, they need to make a change at quarterback, or excuse me, they're head making coach? a change at quarterback. They need to make a change at head coach, but they also need to do some serious self-evaluation, front office and ownership at seeing how this organization is run. Do you I know Daniel Dan, Snyder? Yeah, I think Dan Snyder should be more like Jerry Jones and acknowledge that he is the owner, president, and GM. Right. Instead, what he does is he acts like the owner, president, GM, but doesn't admit it publicly or and then blames everyone for it. Be Jerry Jones and stand up. I want Jerry Jones, right? He stands up and gives injury reports. Yeah. Christ's sake. Oh, he's, uh, he does more press than any general manager or coach. Franchise. Yeah, absolutely. And it's he loves his it. franchise. Yep. So let him do it. Yeah. Daniel Snyder has been, do you know what his record is as an owner? He not puts very good. the M in mediocre, not even mediocre. No, it's sub, it's, well, it's way subpar. below 500. Yeah, yeah, it's awful. But compared to the old Jack Ken Cook days, who you may remember. Oh, yeah. I mean, they absolutely. were with the hogs. Yep. They, they were, were good. They, they were a respected, NFL franchise that was a perennial playoff contender. They were the NFC East, right? They were yep. big time. It was always the Giants. The Giants were my team. Yep. Always. And the Redskins, not the Cowboys. It was really the Redskins who were the biggest rival of the Giants. Yep. Now the Redskins are a joke. No, they're irrelevant. And they need to do some serious soul searching, as I said. Uh, that clearly wasn't the biggest game of the day, but we had to leave with that stat, which was pretty unbelievable, uh, that was going around. But, uh, probably a couple of storylines that, that we'll lead off with. So the Rams, Right before the season, this was pretty interesting because I didn't see this coming. We were talking about Ezekiel Elliott holding out for a contract. We were talking about um, other quarterbacks coming into their contract years. Uh, we saw other quarterbacks getting extensions. Then all of a sudden, there was just a press release from the Rams. Hey, we're paying Jared Goff. We're going to make him oh, one gosh. of the highest paid quarterbacks in the NFL. And I was with Raja when this happened. And my big question was, why now? They still could have let him play out the season and see how it went. Now, the Rams were like, hey, he took us to the Super Bowl. Uh, what more do you want? And I would say a lot more. Point. You don't, you don't sign a guy. This happened in baseball too, signing DeGrom to an extension after the Cy Young. Why do you sign a guy at the high? Right. That is the worst mistake front offices make. I've done it. So I get it because it feels right. It feels good. He, Goff can't get much better. Now we're going to say he had 500 yards yesterday. He's one of the top quarterbacks. When you have to, when you're playing from behind, the reason I don't like the yardage stat, Danny, when you're playing from behind the way the Rams were yesterday, 
you're throwing all the time. Yep. So if you actually have decent receivers and a decent quarterback, you're going to get a lot of yards. So I wasn't all that impressed. No need to sign that extension. Uh, I, but it's too late now. You know, like it's already – it's too late. And I – my question for Jared Goff is I think he's good enough to get you there. Clearly, he did that last season. But if you're going to be one of the highest paid quarterbacks in the league, you've got to be a guy that you're winning because of you. Like you can raise everybody else around you. He's got one of the best play callers in the game in Sean McVay. He's got incredible talent around him. If something happens to those people around him, he's going to be an average quarterback. And that's where I have a problem with it. Why you could have, uh, I think, let him play out this season and bought yourself another year and see how it went. And then you would have had just one year of affirmation saying, okay, this clearly is our guy that you want to build around. But I'm going to, I'm going to ask you this. Let's go back to Dan Marino. Mm-hmm. My favorite example of a great quarterback who never really had anything around him. Yep. Never really could win. But if you know he's your quarterback and he's your franchise guy, then having him around and signing him makes sense. It's just the timing of it that we're disputing. Yep. I don't know that if he loses McVay or if he loses his offensive line, that that all of a sudden makes him not their quarterback of now and the future. Do you believe? I think it would have been a question mark. I think, but here's the thing. This season may not have made the difference. They're still pretty good, you know, but his interception totals are up. But again, if that, that and clearly that's what they were saying. Hey, we drafted him. Uh, you know, number one overall, he's going to be our guy. We're just, we're just confirming that by giving him this deal. So we don't have any question mark about it down the road. And maybe that's probably the obvious thing to do. They get it in front of him. Cause if he would have went out there and had an MVP season, maybe he holds them over, you know, and says, Hey, I want to break the that's bank. That's a chance I'm always willing to take. See me too. And that's what the Cowboys are in that situation now because they said, Nope. Yeah, you know, and maybe it was Dak saying, No, I want 35 or 40 a year. And they were offering 30 and he was saying, No. But the, everybody said, all right, we're pulling all our cards off the table. Now Dak, you know, is having a really strong season. But then you come back to the table and you work something out if you're in that position. You know, that's kind of where I've always approached Yeah, it. if Dak's season ends in Miami, Jerry Jones will regret it. But he'll gladly pay him whatever but he if wants. if it doesn't end in Miami, then Dak will regret not taking what Jerry offered. Yeah. Ultimately, though, I think it'll work out in the end for them. In any case, probably the Barry, the lead of that story – Jameis Winston, who is playing for his future as a franchise quarterback, had an outstanding game, throwing four touchdowns, one interception. It was a fun game as far as if you like shootouts, back and forth games. He had 385 yards. The new I, NFL as opposed to last night's Cowboy game. That's exactly, which was old school right, NFL. Was old school. Uh, but Jameis Winston, this is why they brought in Bruce Arians as the head coach, was to specifically develop him. I still think Jameis can be a franchise quarterback that you can build around and win Super Bowls with that really should be the barometer you t- you judge every single quarterback off right can you win a Super Bowl can you get to a Super Bowl with this quarterback and I think that answer is yes with Jameis now he's got to throw again you got to see it the whole year but if he continues There's to progress like this exactly he's got to progress and you have to win it or get to it uh well I think the goal always should be no to but win you it. just said hold on you just said to be a great quarterback yep. you have to win a Super Bowl or Super Bowls. I think. And you said get to Super Bowls. I'm asking you which it is. I think it should be win Super Bowls. So Marino wouldn't count. No, no, no. I'm saying in a value, but I think if you were, if you were the Dolphins during Marino's career, your question, you would have said as a front office, you would have said, Hey, can Dan Marino win a Super Bowl? And that answer would have been yes, unequivocally. You know what I mean? Like when you're judging him, even though he didn't in retrospect, I'm saying at the time evaluating Jared Goff or Jameis Winston, can you win a Super Bowl with that quarterback? So, I think the answer is yes. I don't know. I've seen a lot of mediocre quarterbacks win a Super Bowl. True. Joe Flacco, you, Trent I mean, Dilfer, Brad right? Johnson. There's a long list. So therefore, I think that putting the team together and not focusing so much money on your quarterback, it's important. I get it. But the Patriots aren't winning all those rings only because of Tom Brady. 
Right. And people are obviously, he's got the quarterback looks, he's got the wife, he's got everything going for him, but they built a team around Wait a second. Are you saying Tom Brady's overrated? I am saying- Oh boy, don't go saying that. Let me tell you what I'm saying about Tom Brady, that you could have been a Super Bowl winning quarterback on several of Tom Brady's teams. I disagree. I totally disagree. I believe in you, DK. (laughs) I I want you to know that. I think you could substitute a lot of quarterbacks on the Patriots team, and they don't win as many Super Bowls as they did with Tom Brady. But they would have had a ring. I don't. So here's more. That's already more rings. You would have had more rings than Marino. If you were the quarterback or the Patriots. I disagree. I think Tom Brady doesn't get enough credit. I think if, if you look at what means more to the franchise, I would take Brady, the guy actually making the plays, than Belichick, the oh, coach who's no designing them. Not in the NFL. In baseball, I agree with you. In the NFL, I think the coach is the single most important coach of any sport, actually. All right. Agree to disagree on that one. Did you see how happy Arians was when Tampa Bay kicked a field goal? Did you <laughs> yes. see his excitement? Oh, yeah. Yes. Pumped up and doing, I love that well, about him. Oh, yeah. No, he's, he's a, all, the, every player I've talked to has played for him, loves him. And I think he does, he's a player's coach by definition. And you see that. You see that emotion on the I field. I love that. Yeah. Uh, all right. Continuing on. The Cleveland Browns. I was hard on the Browns. Uh, coming into the season, I said they could be a disaster, you know, waiting to implode. After they started off slow, though, I did say, I don't want to sit up here and say, I told you so, because it's too early to write them off. So I didn't go there. And I think what we're seeing is the Browns slowly trying, they're slowly getting better and better. But I still, so I think we've flipped the pendulum from one way. Oh, they've been a bust. They're a joke to now all of a sudden they're going to be in the Super Bowl. I think it's still probably right in the middle. And the one thing I don't like is Baker Mayfield start chirping at coaches with Rex Ryan, you know, saying, hey, I told you so, and to all the haters are out what there. What has Baker Mayfield accomplished in his career uh, he's, that we can think of? He did set the record, rookie record, for touchdown passes in a season. Right. I saw that. That's about I it. I liked it. That, that was good. It wasn't a winning record. They were right. still 7-8-1 and eight and one that year. I'm trying to think of the number of rookies of the year who I personally had in my career who ended up not having careers. Uh, right. So, um, Robert the Griffin III. littered yep. with rookies who have good years who end up being nothing but a footnote. So for me, Baker Mayfield, he needs – he has a big hat and his cattle have not exactly gone the distance. So for him – for me, I want him to be quiet. And I actually like a game like yesterday where it was not all about him. Mm-hmm. But then all of a sudden he does something that turns the story to him. And I, if I'm the coach there, or if I'm running that team, and the problem is you've got OBJ on that team as well. Mm-hmm. So you've got the, the number of egos competing for each other. I wonder who the leader is there who could say to these guys, hey, listen, we really haven't done a thing yet. They're shave a share of first place for the first time since maybe I was born. Yeah. Late in the season. Oh, yeah. It's been there. But see here, let's have a listen to Baker after the game. Baker Mayfield after the game talking about the win. The win's great, uh, but I hope everybody keeps the same energy. Throw us in the trash. We won't forget it. I mean, this is such a college mindset. It's such a college mindset, though. And I feel like that's his biggest fault is he still treats the NFL like it's college. Like college, you talk a lot of trash. You have a lot of bulletin board material, and you use it to drive you. I don't know. He's not winning over many of his critics by continuing to act like this. And you know what you're going to do? And you should have maybe learned from it the first bit of adversity they faced this season when everybody was attacking them, crushing them. Like, hey, just win with some class. Act like you've been there. Clearly, this team hasn't, and they're acting like it, and that's why I don't like them. I'm not worried about critics as much as I am about teammates because everyone in a clubhouse or in a locker room watches. They see the media. They know, and they look at him, and that's our leader. So that's not how leaders are for me. 
So I think one thing Baker Mayfield needs to do, I think the quarterback position in the NFL is critical that that person be the leader of the team. And I just don't see Baker as a leader, which is why I'm very negative on the Browns as a Super Bowl contender. Totally agree. I think it's going to be a very up and down type of season for them, as we've seen already in just four games. Uh, speaking of quarterbacks and quarterbacks going down, we've seen an unprecedented number of quarterbacks um, leave games with injuries. Some of them longer than others. It's Ben Roethlisberger and Drew Brees, significant time. Others, who knows how long they'll be out. Josh Allen was in that situation for the Bills yesterday against the Patriots. see that hit? I saw the hit. Uh, it was violent. It was penalty worthy, but I don't think it was worthy of getting kicked out of the game. Of course it was. Ready? What, what exactly was he aiming for there? He was trying to tackle Josh what? Allen, a six foot five quarterback. And right. This defensive back is probably about five seven or five eight. He put his shoulder and helmet up into his head. This is a purposeful hit. He's going to, that's I think he's going head. He's looking at him and Josh Allen goes down into him. Here's the thing. If you're, this is where I worry about Josh Allen. Josh Allen needs to learn how to protect himself. Well, he should when have you, slid. Exactly. Obviously. That's my point. I'm not excusing but that. Doesn't, I think it still should have been a penalty, but I don't think it was worthy of ejection from the game because it's, if that hit happens, because I've heard a lot of people say, um, Micah Hyde, hold on. Let's, let's listen to Micah Hyde and then I'll explain. I'll give you a further explanation. Here's Micah Hyde who had a pretty good point. That's the first thing that came out of my mouth on the sideline. If one of us did that to, to 12, um, we wouldn't have been in the game anymore. There's no way. There's no way we would have continued to play in that game. Um, even with the holding penalty that we had, offset penalty, no, there's no way. You know, And it's stuff like that. You know, we got to – obviously, that's our quarterback. We, we ride or die with him. Um, to see that happen, you know, he – you know, Josh didn't slide. But at the end of the day, you can't – it doesn't matter if it's a running back. You can't head-to-head. Um, and so that's why I wanted the confirmation from you that it was it – was head to head because I didn't I didn't get a good look at it um but like I said if that was if that was our quarterback there's no way that that would uh could you that you could all right so he's making his case for his quarterback which I love I love the fact that his teammates are great soundbite finally uh first of all he's he's right it wasn't a slide he was running but Tom Brady never would have been in that position because he would have protected himself right and where I would disagree is he said hey if that's that's a helmet to helmet that's open field if that's Ezekiel Elliott and a defensive back comes out and tackles him like that. Are we ejecting him? Yes. I don't think we are. Because we've got to protect players. If we're going to make a big deal, the NFL is going to make a big deal about concussions. Mm-hmm. And Which concussion they are. protocol. Yep. All the new helmets. Antonio Brown can't wear his old helmet. We've got to protect. You've got to enforce that on the field. Helmets are not protecting Josh Allen. He was flopping around like a fish. We were talking about it. My guess is Scary. he was unconscious. Oh, yeah. He definitely was unconscious. So is that really good for the game? When you're a parent... Yep. This is what the NFL is about, right? Mm-hmm. Sponsorship and money mm-hmm. and youth football. You're a parent watching that. Do you want your kid playing football and potentially getting hit like that? I would say these hits are part of the game. It's a violent sport. It can't be part of the game. You're, that's why you do wear a helmet. These players are at the fastest, most elite athletes that we have in our country, maybe in the world. They're playing a game at such a fast pace that these are going to be a part of the game. I don't think you can totally eliminate these from the game unless you start either taking the helmets off and not having them use helmets at all, or you haven't played flag football. I think we have made football as safe as it can get, but inherently it's never going to be safe. And I think that's what every parent has to come to the realization of. There's a risk involved, and I still think the benefits of playing this sport that teach teamwork, toughness, um, you know, accountability, so all of these things are good. 
then go play cricket. That's every parent's. I don't understand cricket, so I can't play it. Right. But the injuries that are common in football, Mm -hmm. broken legs, ankle sprains, we'll get to all these types of injuries, broken ribs. What you do, those are fine and those are going to heal. The problem is when you've got NFL players dying young Mm -hmm. because they've had concussions, so many, they don't recognize their families. They can't put three sentences together to make a paragraph. Those aren't a hundred percent only due to CTE. We don't know what other issues We're are studying involved it right now. Oh, and we it has should to be studied. We absolutely but what it comes should. down to is if you can legislate a hit like that away, mm-hmm. you have to make an example of it. You have to, even though Allen didn't slide, even though the DB was five foot seven, you have to make an example and you've got to eject him. And the point about Tom Brady, 100% accurate. If that's Tom Brady, done. That's a suspension as well. It should be, but Tom Brady has earned that. By being in the league and having six rings. And this was my biggest concern for Josh Allen going into year two. Uh, he's similar to Carson Wentz, who needs to protect himself. Uh, when you come outside the pocket, I get it. You're in college. You can run over a lot of guys. And through his rookie season, Josh Allen had a lot of rushing yards. He was big. He's running over people. You have got to protect yourself. Ultimately, you will get hurt there. It'll be interesting to see with Jonathan Jones. You protect yourself from something that's illegal. No, but you can slide and prevent oh, it from happening. Yes. Uh, but Jonathan Jones, it'll be interesting to see if he gets fined by the NFL and what they do this. Any statements come out from them. The baseball season is in full swing, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Stample, every weekday as we recap every player from every game. We'll talk waiver wire ads, drops, players to trade for, prospects who could make an impact, and everything in between. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. back to Kennell and Bell and sometimes Samson as it is today. David Samson filling in for Raja. Raja will be back tomorrow. We have Celebrating a, the new year. Yeah, that's Raja right. Is. I guess so. Why aren't you? That's my more important Because question. Raja has seniority over me. That's right. Taller than I am. I guess so. That's what it is. Uh, we're going to do Major League Baseball in about t- uh, seven or eight minutes, but there is a bit of breaking news out of the state of California. So paying the players in college athletic has become such an important discussion that people are having there has been this major push um to pay the athletes student athletes and mostly it revolves around football and basketball right the two is highest uh earning sports in the game you know in in that level and so clearly they've been a big part of the conversation and it's way more complex than just saying yeah we should pay the players because it presents a lot of problems one of the proposals that's been set forth to try to get around just making college student athletes employees is allowing them to be compensated for their likeness. Uh, and the state of California uh, set forth a bill which would allow student athletes to get compensated for the use of their likeness or image in California, just in the state of California. So the players that are at UCLA, USC, Pepperdine, what, you know, UC Santa Barbara, yeah, all I over the state. On. Yeah, we could go on the whole state. They would be allowed, according to this bill, which has been signed into law today by California Governor Gavin Newsom, it would allow them to be compensated. So 
let's say um, Matt Fink. He's the quarterback at USC right now. He could he he just became the starter. All of a sudden, a local car dealership in LA could say, "We want you to be our spokesman. Will you come down and sign autographs for us?" And he could say, "Sure, I'll come and down." And they can give him a car. They could give him a car. They give him cash. They Buzz. give whatever they want. They can compensate him for his likeness or for using his image. Um, this has been very controversial. It is a way to get around um, paying the players because this bill would prohibit uh, schools from directly paying the players, which I think is a good start. This has been compared. Go ahead. It's not a good start because here's what happens. Okay. If you're if you're recruiting for USC yep. and you want a kid, you can't pay the kid, but you go to the local dealership and the local card dealer mm-hmm. and you say, "Listen, I've got a kid in high school. He's choosing between Stanford and Harvard yep. or Stanford and Alabama yeah. or Stanford and any school outside of California. Do me a favor. Sign him up." Sign him to a deal oh, right sure. now. I go into the house as the recruiter and I say, hey, just when you're making your decision, I got a quick 250K for you. It's a big deal. It is schools now paying players, just so we're clear. Oh, yeah. It's a way to circumvent them. But here would be here would be my counter, and I think most people would counter. A lot of these backroom deals are already going down. But now like, it's Why not legal. Let's just bring it in, front, in the forefront so that everybody can see it, so you can monitor it. Maybe it levels the playing field. I kind of would be my mindset would be just kind of let things go the way they've been going like just look the other way (laughs) you know i just i worry about the repercussions of you know trevor lawrence is the quarterback at clemson if this rule went national which it is not it's just california and it's still a couple years off i think it's 2022 or 23 since it would be even allowed and the ncaa has said if you guys move forward this hey stanford usc you know all these other power players you will not be able to participate in our championship so just that um, that playing field you were talking about would sway if all of a sudden you can get compensation at a california school and you couldn't at a sec or yeah, ACC the story's school. far from over oh it's, it's, oh, it's far from over. someone's going to challenge this law this could end up going all the way to the actual united states supreme court because you're going to need this is a little bit like states legalized gambling yes it takes years and years to figure out and then all of a sudden states will follow marijuana new york has already new york uh, the state of new york has already proposed a similar bill that they're trying to pass now in new york there is a major movement i just so here's the deal my basic philosophy is the there's been a narrative now this um kind of mindset that's creeped in said as football players and basketball players you are being exploited you are the only people who aren't making money um you guys are being taken advantage of um, it's been compared to slave labor, which I don't like. Um, and what, where I would stand, Insult to uh, I, I totally agree with that sentiment, but it is something there's, that is a sentiment that has been put forth by a lot of people trying to, like you use really over the top language to get a reaction and to make your point, even though I think it's a crazy point to make. Um, I worry about the repercussions from one of the reasons I love college sports in general is the passion. There is a purity there at some level that people play the sport of football and basketball strictly because they love it, right? They just want to play. They're not professionals. They are student athletes. And that has been completely overlooked. And the other thing, a lot of, if you're a student athlete, it's a really charmed existence. Like you are royalty on campus. You actually do. And guess what else you do? You get a free. Tell education. me how you're royalty, Danny. Oh, you get free drinks at what bars. Else? You get like, there's a lot. You get a favorable treatment. You get, um, a leg up against your competition and other walks of life. Um, but no, in all seriousness, you also, if you take advantage of the system, this would be my advice to, you know, high schoolers going to college. Don't let them exploit you. Why don't you exploit the system? Take advantage of it. Take advantage of 
maybe getting multiple degrees. Why not go get your degree and a master's? Take advantage of what they're start networking. You're build those about. relationships. Are you talking about mediocre players or guys who go to college knowing that they're going to leave in basketball after a year? Yep. Well, guess are those what? guys getting multiple degrees? The guys who all go no. to Duke and leave? No, after a year? and those are the players that are getting exploited. But you know what else? How are they getting get? exploited? They they actually have to go to college for a year. They get to have a great time at Duke for one year, Agreed. and then they go sign a rookie contract. And they're still going to be millionaires, right? So, so my, tell me how they're being exploited. Well, I'm giving you the other side because hey, Coach K makes seven or eight million dollars a year, and Zion Williamson didn't make a dime when he was at Duke. Why isn't he paid? Hold on, can we have a moment for Zion? <laughs> all right, everyone, well, stop. What was his deal with Nike? Seventy million. As soon as he was done, okay. he had to wait a Thank year. You. Thank you for that moment. He had to wait a year. Hold on, like, here's the violin for Zion. <laughs> right. It's it's. Uh, Come on, give me a good argument for I'm, this. I am you're. I'm the wrong one because I am. I am playing devil's advocate. I am against paying the players. This to me is the compromise, if you will. Although I do still think it's a long way away. Compromise. So it's. I don't think it's actually going to happen. You don't. I, mean, I agree. It's signed into law. But one of the interesting things that's come out of this is the governor actually, and I have some experience with politicians, he gave a quote that he's got very strong opinions on this subject. Well, that's good because governors are also term limited. So <laughs> yes. Guess what can happen when the next governor comes in? It can be a reversal of fortune, Jeremy Irons. So therefore, I'm not in a panic about this. I don't see this going to 50 states. I don't see it going to a second state. I think this is not the beginning. Like gambling, mm -hmm. I think you'll see in 50 states. Marijuana, we talked about, yep. 50 states. Paying college athletes, I think it's one and done. I disagree. I think it's a momentum. There is a lot of momentum behind this movement that is getting a lot of noise. Even players themselves have a different mindset of where's mine, and that is a very real situation that we're dealing with. It's like paying a doctor to go to medical school. You don't get paid to go to medical school. You get training, and then you get paid when you're a doctor. Interesting. I like that analogy. Um. We'll keep an eye on this because it's definitely a story that's not going away anytime soon, as this probably will be going up the ladder, uh, the different courts. How is that? Do we spend enough time on that? I think so. Are we yeah, good I think with so. that? Now we need to spend on time on my controversial top eight, which I don't think was very controversial. You apparently do. So over the weekend, we saw the Clemson Tigers find themselves in a battle. Like they were in a position. They were four touchdown favorite on the road in Chapel Hill playing against a, a team that has a new coach. They're younger. They were not expected to be They're in this bad. game. They're bad. They're bad. No, no. They, I, see, I don't, that's They're where I disagree. Bad. They're not bad. They're okay. two and three. When you're They're two and three. They're not 0 and five. When you're a 28-point dog, you're bad, no matter who you're playing. Or are you good if you're Clemson on the flip side? Because I think Clemson is still a great team. Now, Clemson did not play well. Their quarterback still struggled. They struggled to protect him. Uh, and Carolina had a monumental performance defensively coming up with some stops. Now, there was a position. Game was on the line. Carolina goes, they, go, they score the touchdown, which would have been the game tying touchdown if they had gone for the extra point. Mac Brown says, you know what? This is the number one team in the country. I don't like our chances if this game goes on through a whole overtime. Let me take a swing for the fence and see if we can win it on one play. Love that decision. I have no problem with Mac Brown going for it in that position. He goes for it. They don't get it. Clemson wins. Okay. End of story. So now you have the polls, which come out on Sunday. The AP top 25 comes out. And guess who is no longer number one in those polls? The Clemson Tigers. How could they be? Well, so here's my thing. And this is why in my top eight, I have Clemson number one still retaining the belt, if you will. Because I am a little bit old school in this philosophy. I don't mind if you look at the top 25 and you shuffle them around somewhat. If you said, hey, Ohio State looked really good, which they did against Nebraska, I bumped them up. They moved up three spots in my poll to number three. 
But I am old school in the thinking, in the words of Ric Flair. If you want to be the man, you have to beat the man. You don't have to look better than the man. You don't have to have a better strength of schedule than the man. All you have to do is keep winning if you're the man, and you should retain your spot. That's my old school philosophy with Clemson. You stopped listening to Ric Flair because there was a second sentence he said. Okay. He said, but if it's a boy who's trying to beat the man, all you have to do is come close. (laughs) All right. So that's where you're going with. So with that response, I would say this is where it bothers me the most is that with Clemson, it happened to Florida State a few years ago. They were defending national champion from 2013. They go to 2014. They started off the year number one. And then all of a sudden they have some sluggish performances just like Clemson does. They start, they don't lose. They look, they don't look good. They don't look the part. So they start dropping in the polls. And they're like, all right, well, and everybody's saying, well, they don't look like the number one team in the country, which I understand. They didn't look like the number one team in the country. But as the defending national champion, they were penalized for not looking the part and they were seated lower. Therefore, when Oregon, who they faced in the Rose Bowl that year in the playoff, was the higher seed, they got to play in a Rose Bowl that was much closer to their fan base. So the team that has the higher seeding has the advantage once you get to the playoffs. So I was at that game. It was 95% Oregon fans because Florida State fans, it was expensive to travel. They had just traveled to California the year before for the national championship game. They had little to no representation while they, they were lost. at the game. Uh, it might, it's definitely not the reason because they got worked in that game. But I do think it would have been a different outcome. Maybe not have won or lost, but it would have been closer had Florida State had an advantage of playing closer to home. That's where I have a problem with it. Like, in what world do we live in where all of a sudden a defending champ gets knocked? Typically, it is the underdog has to go to the heavyweights, uh, the the champion's grounds on his terms and fight him, knock him off wherever the champ resides. But don't worry, because now Alabama's number one. Mm-hmm. And under this theory, if Alabama ever gets challenged by a boy the way Clemson did, <laughs> yes. then Clemson can retake it. They so can. if you're going to be consistent, which the AP is... You now well, have they just flip flop theirs too, which I don't like. It means Clemson could retake it. They could, that's in theory. The, that's the point. Whereas I have a hunch you, they don't. You're staying with your. I don't even have to log on. Can I say that? Yeah. And look at your top eight because you know you know who's going to be number one. Boring. See, but that but is it I boring want the or is it right? I love it when the poll comes out. <laughs> I can't stand when the poll comes well, out because your crap poll like this boring. happens. I don't care. No, I'll Ohio shake State up, up three. I'll shake don't care. everybody else. I'll don't shake up everybody else in the poll. Nope. Clemson's I care about who you have number one. Clemson had a sloppy game. That doesn't mean they shouldn't deserve to be in the And you said that quarterback? It's not that quarterback. You're talking about who's supposed to be the best, uh, maybe behind Tua. He is underwhelmed. Second sure best quarterback. And they have to figure that out. If they want to repeat his Say national his championships, Trevor, Trevor Lawrence. Lawrence was mediocre. Absolutely. And he, he can't be mediocre and be the number one team in the country. And he has been all season long, but... When did they get beat? I must have missed that. I thought, I thought. They almost you, got beat. I thought if you're supposed to get knocked down, you should have to lose. That's the way I would think. Sorry. What matters on the field and the scoreboard, as you do as a kid, when your other team's talking trash and you say, just look at the scoreboard. That's what I think all that should matter. I don't think I agree. style points are but how that's you should not look a poll. That's not how polls work. Agreed. Uh, agree to disagree on the final point there, though. Uh, a lot you of shake polls around. do work that way. No, I think polls are the dumbest thing invented in college. Then why sports. do you do your poll? Because I have to. It's part of the business. It's is, part is of the that part of your contract? No, but it's part of the. Can you night. imagine the negotiation, Danny? We're going to need a poll out of you. <laughs> I know, right? They actually, when I was at my former companies, they did. It was a requirement. 
All right, welcome back to Canal and Bell and sometimes Samson. Today, uh, we don't do a ton of baseball on this show with Raja and I. We're Can't mostly basketball not. and football. Uh, but since we got he- you here, we got the playoffs starting tomorrow. We might as well get into it a little bit. Uh, I was kind of bummed that we didn't have game 163. Uh, for a while, it was looking like it might happen. Of course, it doesn't. Now you've got the wild cards set up. The National League, it's the Brewers, Nationals. American League, you've got the Rays versus the A's. The Brewers have been on fire despite using Christian Yelich. I mean, they go on this terror where it's like, hey, rally the troops when you lose an MVP player. And it is a unique sport because if you lose Patrick Mahomes and your Chiefs, you're done. You know, if you would have lost Kawhi Leonard and the Raptors, you're done. Baseball has proven to be that one sport that, hey, you really can lift everybody up and make up for the absence of somebody like Christian Yelich. Do you think they can continue it? Versus the Nats. I think they're going to have a hard time beating <clears throat> Max Scherzer. Yeah. <clears throat> He's, uh, think about it. The Nationals were built. If they're not going to win the division, which they didn't, the Braves won. The Nationals with that rotation are actually built to win a one game series because they've got Scherzer. And if by chance he doesn't have it, they can go to Corbin. They can go to Strasburg. They just have a much deeper staff. The Brewers have Brandon Woodruff, who they're starting. I totally disagree with that. They should be starting Jordan Lyles, who they acquired at the deadline. The Brewers, Lorenzo Cain has an ankle issue. Ryan Braun has a calf issue. Christian Yelich has a broken kneecap, literally broken kneecap, which is always what you hear happens when you do something bad when you're a kid. I'm going to break your kneecap. Well, he actually had it happen to him. I don't think the Brewers get past this, which is too bad because they were a game away from the World Series last year, but they just haven't had the same type of performances that they need to be successful. But it's going to be a great game. Anytime you can have a baseball game, that's an elimination game. I'm watching every pitch. I can't wait. I'm excited. I watch every playoff game, but wild card games, I love them. I love them too. The one and done. You talk about that type of scenario where it's winner go home. I don't. It's similar to Game Seven, whatever it is. I want to watch those games. Whereas one sixty three at it. Oh yeah, would not have been yesterday. Isn't that interesting? Because the Brewers and Cardinals would have been Game One sixty three, but they're both in the playoffs. So they would have been playing for the division, which is exciting because then you don't have to play the one game wild card game and risk losing. But it doesn't have that same when you're a player or you're in the front office, you don't lose your mind when you're, even if you lose the game, you're still in the playoffs. Whereas tomorrow night, you worked all year to make the playoffs. You're the Milwaukee Brewers. The grind of a season is not to be believed, Danny. And you know this, 162 games. You lived it with your dad yep. as the doctor for the Marlins when I was there. It's every day. He's at the stadium every day. The players are there every day. And tomorrow night, one day, it's done. Love it. There's a season that's done. I love it. Love and we've it. seen some incredible moments in this game, which I think you, you know, hopefully we get that same uh, situation. In the American League, we have the Rays versus the Athletics. Should be a really compelling story. Can you name, and this this is not, don't be worried. Mm-hmm. How many players in the starting lineup for the A's can you name? Uh, zero. Okay. I love. <laughs> I know Dallas Braden does uh, the uh, play-by-play for them. Tell you, tell me about the Tampa Rays. I can't name a lot of them either. Okay. The reason why I love them. Still going Snell, though? Yes, they do as right. the former signing winner. The reason I asked you that, Danny, is you're talking about two teams with the lowest payrolls in baseball. So all of these small market teams like I used to run, mm-hmm. where I used to blame payroll on not winning, I am being snuffed out right now. It's not that we couldn't win with a low payroll. It's we weren't talented enough to find the right players. That's what the Rays have done and what the A's have done. And this is an exciting series for me. One gamer because the winner plays the Astros. Do they have a chance to unseat the behemoth Astros? No. 
No chance. <laughs> no chance. The Rays have a, have, the A's have played well against the Astros. The Rays have not. The Astros are rooting for the Rays to win. Charlie Morton is a really good pitcher. The Rays could actually win that game. And that's what Houston would like. But what Oakland has done with their payroll and what Tampa's done, I want to make sure we get enough credit because we'll talk about Philadelphia and what a disappointment with all the money they spent. The Boston Red Sox fire their GM. They have the highest payroll in baseball. And the Red Sox today are doing what you and I are doing. Sitting around talking Sitting about around ball. talking about <laughs> baseball. That's what the Red Sox are doing. So what a credit to the A's and Athletics, which is what uh, Athletics and, and Tampa Rays, which is why you should watch that game Wednesday night because they deserve your love. And I expect you and Raja to discuss that game on Thursday. We will, and you will know Semyon Chapman. I will. I'll know exactly Anaya. who he is. I'll know exactly who they are. All right. Uh, from a gambling perspective, if you're so inclined, which I am. Of course you are. You like the Nationals? Yes. And you like? I don't think you officially I have picked that other one, so I was kind of waiting on it. that one. You, you still were? have time. I'll have to hit you up tomorrow at the office. I'm not Back. willing to give you my pick for the AO wildcard game. You'll have to turn into the queue later. All right. CBS Sports HQ right here. David Sampson will be on the next couple of days recapping these games and uh, giving you and some predicting. Picks and predicting them. Um, since you're going to be on there doing a lot of the ALDS and, uh, and NLDS, uh, let's look at some of the openings that are in place. So Joe Madden, who's had a successful run with the Cubs, gets him a World Series, a couple of playoff appearances. What was that? What was he that? Downplayed that. He won a World Series for a team that hadn't won in like longer than we've been alive times two. Okay, so then why He's is a he hero. out? He why gets is he out? unceremoniously fired by Theo Epstein, and it was Theo's problem. The reason the Cubs didn't win this year was not because of Joe, it was because of Theo. Theo set Joe up, and the way they had him leave bothered me with them claiming they had a bottle of wine together and celebrated he That is absolute crap. What happened was Theo walked in. They're not close. They're not tight. They're not having dinner together. He let him go, and Madden wanted to manage the final game yesterday, which he did. But it was just a disgraceful way for Madden's exit. They should have come together and moved on in a much more mature way. Not that I'm the king of mature ways to fire managers. <laughs> But that way was not right. There is a proper way to do it. Do you ultimately think, though, it had run its course? Yes. and it was So you're not, it's not a problem with the move. It's no. just the way it was done. Yes. Okay. Not a problem with the move. All right. Once you win a World Series for a team like that, like the Cubs, you can't. Call your own shots as far as when it goes out. But you have to be able to call your own shots, but you can never repeat that success. Right. All right. So now that it is, they do have a talented roster still. Um, there's speculation. Joe Girardi is in the mix. David Ross is in the mix. Are you buying it? He's going David Ross. I saw a little nod. I'm not note. buying Joe Girardi. Joe Girardi. Theo is not going to work with Joe Girardi. Even the connection. He went to Northwestern from Chicago. He's wanted that job for a long time. You don't think it works no out? Chance. No. Uh, what about David Ross? The analyst. That's a now? definite possibility. It is. They, someone who knows Theo works well with Theo. Someone who will agree to do what Theo wants and manage in the way that Theo wants, which he wants a more strict clubhouse. Uh, the problem with Joe Madden is they had some base rushing, base running issues, defensive issues. They had lax issues, which is how they won the World Series in 2016. But once you win it, then you need to tighten the grasp a little bit and Joe couldn't do it. David Ross would come in and do it. Joe Girardi is fake tough. He's not tough. He's a player's manager. He pretends to be all gruff, and blah, 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 but he's not. I've been in the clubhouse with him. All right, so we'll have to keep an eye on that. Welcome back to Canel and Bell. So I want to hit quickly on Kyle Allen, who I believe is going to be your starting quarterback for the Carolina Panthers for the rest of the season. I think Cam Newton is done as the franchise there um, in Charlotte. And a lot of it has to do with, one, I think the response that he's gotten as far as W's. Winning changes the perception of you. It changes opportunity. 
they're not going to go back to Cam Newton as long as they're winning. And I also think Kyle Allen is a little playmaker. I know he didn't have the biggest game statistically. There were a couple plays that he just had to make in the last two games, and he found out a way to make them. I think this team is rallying around him. And as a starter, including last year's Week 17 win, he is 3-0. and uh, He's the first quarterback in franchise history to start 3-0. and uh, So I think he'll be the quarterback of, of the foreseeable future for the Panthers. And I think Cam Newton is done. Maybe we'll talk a little about that a little later in the week. But I definitely want to hit on Bill Belichick. This who had some good one, interesting comments about analytics. Uh, listen to what he had to say uh, talking about his team. For me, for us? Yeah. yeah. Less than zero. Well, I would say it's a gut thing. I think it's a, you know, it's an individual analysis based on the things that are pertinent to that game in that situation. I don't really care what happened in 1973 and what those teams did or didn't do. I don't really think that matters in this game or 83 or 90, you know, pick out whatever year you want. It's not really my thing. And I like math too, by the way. I really do. I like math. <laughs> I love him. I love him. So saying he doesn't believe in historical analytics. Do you believe him? No, I don't believe anything he says when he's giving interviews, actually. And I happen to know that to be true. I had a good conversation with Bill Parcells about him. Amazing coach, as you know, comes from the Parcells tree of life. Yep. But he has mastered the media. He's the Greg Popovich of the NFL, not just for length of service with one team, for the way he manipulates the media. I will say, I like the way Pop handles his a little bit better. He he kind of makes it known it's a little more of a shtick, where Belichick never lets on that it's a shtick, right? But he that's always, his shtick. His shtick is that he's but at least, never, but Pop he's always in character. But Pop will, like, Pop will drop out of character every once in a while. You're like, okay, I can see where he's likable. Yeah, Belichick doesn't. Never does. But if you're going to um, do – you ever see the movie The Prestige? No, is it good? Okay, you got to watch that right. movie with Christian Bale. The point of that movie is when you are trying to explain something to someone and play a part, you can never break, break character. character ever. All right, Belichick you. never breaks it. I want to watch that for sure. Um, you're talking about – I don't know if you watched the – NFL Network did a whole piece on the Patriots and the Patriot way, and it was do your job. Uh, it was an hour-long special behind the scenes. And if you saw the attention to detail with every single little aspect of every day, like we're talking minute by minute. Including analytics. And that's where I'm saying. Like I think I think there's a part of this that he wants – he doesn't want every other team to start saying, hey, let's look at analytics because the Patriots are. Because if I was a coach, I would be copying everything that Bill Belichick does – and I think he's like trying to downplay it so that everybody else doesn't get on to what he's doing. I guarantee you right. he has some analytics nerd that has a long compilation, a notebook, if you will, of both historically. It's a laptop. Probably not a notebook. <laughs> right. A laptop or an iPad if it's there for the sideline. Uh, but that has every single situation. These are what the percentages say to do. It used to be there was a little card and it was just when to go for it for two. Like that was all they had. It was just you know very simple, like a, a playing card. Now it is so complex. There is every situation. Hey, if it's fourth down and one, what should I do? If it's fourth down and two, based on where you are exactly on the field, it might even be down to which hash mark. Including you the personnel on oh, the other I side, your personnel totally. dictating. So here's how it works. The advantage for one team doing something that other teams don't, that's defensive shifting in baseball when it started. That's money ball when it started. But now everyone does it, so the incremental advantage has disappeared. So you want to hold on as long as you can. That's why Belichick is not telling the truth. Not because he's not a good guy, which he may not be. Not because he's grumpy, which he definitely is. It's because that's the only chance the Patriots have of maintaining that edge, and they're trying not to keep cheating. 
Absolutely. They're trying, they're trying not to, but this has a hard time with them. Uh, but they are undefeated here at this point in the season. And it wasn't Tom Brady's best performance, but they found a way to get it done. Uh, and analytics. We have a bet between Josh Allen. I think he starts this week despite that big hit. You think he doesn't? It is $1 that it is set. Monday night football tonight, Cincinnati Bengals at the Pittsburgh Steelers. Probably not the most, uh, premier set of quarterback matchups, but we'll all be watching. It's NFL, right? We'll watch that one. Of course I'm going to lean are. towards the We're Steelers playing at home, uh, and Mason Rudolph in that spot. I'm all taking right. the Bengals then. That's a wrap. Appreciate you as always filling in. Thank you, Danny. All right. We'll be back tomorrow. Raza's back. Canel and Bell. See ya. Hello, everyone. It's Michael Richards here. You might have seen me on CBS working on their Champions League coverage over the last couple of years. I wanted to tell you about an exciting new podcast that I've been working on. It's called The Rest is Football. It's me, alongside Gary Lineker and Alan Shearer, two absolute legends of the game. The show combines topical debate from the world of soccer along with outrageous tales from our careers. And I mean, outrageous. Just search The Rest is Football wherever you get your podcasts. All the best from Big Beats.